You are listening to Future Net Zero, a platform to help businesses and the wider community improve our lives and our planet by achieving net zero. In this episode, Bill Rees, Commercial Director at Centrica Business Solutions, told Future Net Zero about the financial challenges that are commonly faced by companies as they work towards decarbonisation and explained how he and his team work to help businesses overcome these issues on their pathway to 2050. Welcome to this Future Net Zero podcast. Today I'm joined by Bill. Bill, could you please introduce yourself? Hello, good afternoon. Uh, my name's Bill Rees and I'm the Commercial Director for uh, Centrica Business Solutions UK and Ireland. And it's a difficult time, but h- how are you doing at the moment? Uh, very good. Yes, there's a, a lot of interest in our um, solutions, particularly around decarbonisation solutions. So we're seeing a lot of interest from customers who are, even though they're going through lots of change at the moment and, and some sort of challenging environments, they are very determined to see out their climate goals. And, uh, and also we're working with a number of customers who are very keen to see energy savings to help their businesses become um, more sustainable, both economically and environmentally. And I suppose in terms of customers still being focused on their net zero goals and their climate goals, there is one concern there, isn't there, which is lots of businesses, unfortunately, aren't making as much money as they used to, and they're going through difficult times because of this pandemic. How is that affecting things in terms of the financing? Because obviously the finance is an important part of the journey towards net zero. That's right. And, and my role in Centrica has been, for the last sort of uh, eight, nine, eight, nine years, is, is about helping customers who are looking to do some energy projects or energy transition um, schemes to, to access finance. And the current climate is one where organizations are definitely tightening their belts and there isn't large piles of cash available in their organizations to, to implement these projects. So even though there's a real desire and a strategic drive to go through this sort of decarbonization journey, the, the, the challenge that the, the, the people in these organizations who are focused on this uh, are coming up against is, is cash and, and how to access capital to invest in their projects. Is that proving a major worry for them, do you think? It's not necessarily proving a worry. It's, 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 it's a bit of a stumbling block, though, I think. And uh, organisations who historically have been looking at energy would often see energy as something they sort of tack on as part of their, you know, their facilities maintenance strategy to save 2 or 3% each year. Whereas now, they can usually find pockets of cash or include it in the budget for next year, um, and, and there was resource available. But now the scale of the challenge from the board level, where they want to go and say we're going to be net, net zero by 2030, or where they're saying we need, to, we need to find large volumes of savings in our, our, in our energy bills. Yeah, they're mass, it's massive, isn't it? The, the, the scale of capital that's needed to get to anything like that is, is, is never going to be found in the organisation. So they are very keen to find uh, solutions providers who can help them access that cash. One of the real challenges uh, for organisations, I think historically, the focus on saving energy has been a sort of small ticket size uh, investments. They might include it as part of their budget for next year to include a few, a few sort of tens of thousands of pounds to maybe do a small lighting project or, or to access some small energy efficiency projects. And, and organisations could usually build it into their budgets to do that. The thing that's changed now is the strategic drive right from the board level and to go after net zero by 2030 or to save, you know, 10% of their, of their energy costs across, the, across their group, you know, in a very short space of time. That is, is massive. And, and, and the, 
ability for an organization to fund that themselves for a corporate to fund that themselves is is, is, is impossible really and that it's not part of their core their, their core financing or their, their core finance strategy so one of the things that organizations small organizations uh, and corporates are, are really struggling to do is to work out how to finance those projects it is a bit of a worry for i think people whose day job might be an energy manager where they've had to find you know as i said hundred thousand pound maybe for a lighting project but now they're, they're faced with a a multi-million pound cost to help their organization go through an energy transition in a very short space of time and and the interesting thing is the the market i would say it, it's not that there isn't enough cash out there there's actually in some ways too much cash the, the range of money available from different banks and institutions is is, is growing by, by the day however the challenge is that it comes in such different shapes and sizes with different costs associated with it with different terms that it can be a real challenge for for organizations for energy managers for whose day job it is not uh, to be kind of bankers um, to working out what's the best pool of money to access yeah, there are definitely a lot of obstacles uh, that come along with the uh, opportunities that this net zero transition um, is bringing us. And how have you seen a change recently in terms of how your customers prioritise carbon reduction against commercial considerations? Uh, you touched on it there, but obviously commercial considerations are becoming uh, always important. Uh, but at the moment, lots of companies are just struggling to stay afloat, aren't they? So. Uh, what kind of balance have you seen happen uh, between those two? So that, that, that's an interesting question. I, and I think the, the, the two are almost going more hand in hand, if I can say that. I, I think you know, I've been in the industry for a while. And five, five years ago, people saw carbon. I don't want to say they sort of paid lip service to carbon, but they saw it as something that you sort of, as long as you can demonstrate it was positive from a carbon perspective. And I say positive as in it was, it was taking carbon out of the, out of the atmosphere from, from their sites and reducing their greenhouse gas emissions. They were happy as long, uh, but the main driver was savings. I would yeah. say that's flipped. What people are, are determined to do now is to access carbon savings on their on their sites and uh, across their groups. Well, we have we have all these commitments now, don't we? That the businesses know they're going to have to hit. Um, so it's become a lot. It's become a lot more real. But the ma the main driver from now, whereas before it was savings and it just had to be carbon beneficial, now it's, it has to be carbon beneficial and drive to a net zero twenty thirty or twenty twenty eight something like that. But it needs also, and the sort of the hygiene test is it also needs to save the money. And I'd say the prioritization has flipped, but both are still important. And in fact, I would say because of the real drive from uh, audiences and, and the customers of our customers and, and, and the sort of uh, B2C customers that might be at the end of the chain, uh, towards seeing decarbonisation, actually the commercial requirements are all aligned. If, if, a customer, if an organisation hasn't got some big goal around decarbonisation, then actually it could really harm them uh, and their reputation. And what, what do those customers normally struggle with when they're kind of dealing with the commercials or that side of energy solutions? So, so one of the things that I've seen and has been a big challenge for a number of our customers, or a, a number of organizations that, that then later become our customers, is they often have sort of big dreams and goals sort of sitting at a, at a group level. Um, but the alignment that they have in their organization around how they're going to fund it is, is, is patchy at best. And, and some organizations have a finance team that are very removed from the strategic goals around decarbonisation. And I think one of the things that I would sort of recommend um, to any organisation that wants to go through this energy transition is to get internal alignment. What, what are the financial objectives and the, the, the commercial objectives alongside the decarbonisation? And the reason I say that is because it then makes accessing finance and accessing the, the commercial opportunity much more 
accessible because you've got that alignment. Where, where it can go wrong is, you know, you've got a board level project strategy to go after decarbonisation. However, you've got some financing restriction about, you know, borrowing money or using um, cash off, you know, or, or off balance sheet solutions. That makes it hard for them to actually access the, the, the structural finance to, to support them on that journey. So gaining that early alignment within a corporate organization is, is really key uh, to, to helping them on that, on that decarbonization journey. Yeah, it's, so basically making sure everyone's on the same page uh, and making sure yep. that the, the steps that need to be taken can be taken, I suppose. And obviously the solutions that, are, that can be rolled out to different businesses are going to be different depending on the location of the business, what sector it's in, uh, how, how many staff it has, its turnover. So a whole range of different factors are going to come into play and affect what solution is best. Uh, but what particular questions should business ask themselves before investigating what energy solutions are going to be the right ones for them? So there are a number of considerations. A key one is the, the sort of time frame that they want to go through the energy transition towards. So some organisations have got very aggressive agendas and time frames around the energy transition, you know, talking about 2025 or 2027 as their sort of net zero dates. And that's going to create a very different package of measures and financing solution where you, you're probably not going to see a, a, a large amount of savings become available in that time to, fi- to finance that sort of speed yeah, uh, and to finance the, the range of technologies you need to go through that. Well, that's very short term, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, and, and, you know, all credit to organisations that are trying to do that. But at the same time, organisations that have a longer time frame will be able to access maybe some uh, sort of technologies that become commercially viable at a later date which but but you know they, they can wait until those, until those moments and sort of get the timing balance the timing and the carbon uh, to get that the, the, the other element is the t- tenor to which you're willing to sign up again i know if you look at sort of the the likes of sort of corporate ppas organizations that can sign up for longer corporate ppas will will see lower costs uh for for, for buying power for, through that way compared to some organizations that could never sign up to maybe more than five years. They can't make, they can't make commitments more than five years because it goes against their procurement rules for, for um, making energy commitments. So th- those are some of the real kind of key, key uh, elements that um, uh, can, can really shape and change uh, their sort of dynamic and the types of finance they get. I, another one is, I think is really important is, is how do they want to account for it on their books and how do they want to sort of see it approach their, um, their sort of annual, uh, annual accounts. And, the reason I say that is, I mean, historically in this space, sort of the off-balance sheet service contract methodology has been talked about a lot. And I think with the accounting rules as they are, there are certain contracts and certain technologies that you can achieve that kind of balance sheet treatment with. And, and, and if that's a complete, you know, a go-no-go for an organisation, then that, that, that needs to kind of go into the consideration of the types of technologies and equipment they use um, because that, that, that will help drive their, their broader kind of accounting and finance objectives. Um, and among, amongst many other things as well, I mean, you, you've got to think about where an organization is, look across its, you know, look at a big picture of where that organization is going. You can't sort of pick um, piecemeal, well, you can pick piecemeal sites and do little bits of technology solutions on each one. Um, but I, I've always sort of seen that you know, the, the challenge we have is that organizations try and pilot and they get very focused on a pilot site uh, and, and then they'll maybe do two or three others. 
with finance, finance, you get the better cost of finance and, and better structuring solutions if you can take an approach to looking at the whole scale of the opportunity, the, look, looking at the, the entire portfolio of, of that customer's estate. Because A, you'll get, you know, you'll be able to access more finance at a lower cost. You'll be able to structure something which probably is more likely to reach your financial objectives around balance sheet, etc. Um, and also it's just going to give you much more bang for your buck in terms of getting to the, the sort of net zero journey that you want to get to much sooner. So how can Centrica help organisations with financing these decarbonisation strategies? So one of the things that we like to do at Centrica Business Solutions is to work with our uh, customers to get alongside them and understand their broader energy journey. And we have something called the Energy Pathway, which is about getting alongside those customers and helping them understand their broader and understand their broader strategic aims around the net zero journey and their energy transition that they are, are on understand the parameters and commercial parameters of their organizations, understanding their financing requirements, understanding how they want to kind of move on that journey, help get alignment in their organizations to build the story um, towards that net zero journey, and then, and then come up with a plan, both in terms of technical solutions, but also financing and commercial solutions to get alignment and, and to help the customer meet those goals. And like I said before, the, the, the real value comes not when you think of one single site and what you can do there, but actually when you think about the much, the much bigger portfolio. Uh, and for us, you know, we, we see that as a much better way of going into the financing market and looking for banks that want to fund a range of technologies across and multiple years, across multiple sites. And that's a much better way to access the low cost finance and, uh, and, and, and the financing structuring to help meet the uh, commercial requirements of, of our customers. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Bill. I'm sure that will have uh, answered many questions that our audience out there would have uh, and cleared things up for them. Of course, they can find out more by going to British Gas Business Solutions on futurenetzero.com and going on their partner page to learn more. But thank you very much, Bill, for that insightful information there. And I look forward to talking with you again in the future. Thank you, Johnny. You have been listening to a Future Net Zero podcast along with our partner, British Gas. This has been a promoted podcast. Thanks for listening to this Future Net Zero podcast. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to the website at www.futurenetzero.com. Future Net Zero. Better business, better planet.